Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. What is up, everybody? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is awesome to literally see your faces. Uh, I keep, uh, I call them something inappropriate. Should I say it or not? No? Okay. If you want to know what I really call a face mask, you can ask me later. Um, my better two-thirds says not to say, share that, so. Um, I'm already offensive enough wearing a Tom Brady jersey to church, so. Don't care. <laughs> I love him, man. I tell, I tell you what, I had them picked all the way for the year to go, and so I was excited when uh, the most important thing was I beat my kids uh, in our brackets. So, you guys doing good? Is everybody doing well? Yeah. yeah you doing all right? Come on. Good. Good, good, good. Um, I am, uh, my iPad might die, so I've got paper with me. Uh, I'm moving slow. That's why I'm here and probably sneaking out here at the end. And uh, uh, I would love to sit and chat, but it is uh, just a miracle that I can even stand right now. And so I'll tell you what, the walking into fantastic worship like that was just awesome. So can we just thank our band? Come on, man. That's, that's awesome. And uh, just just to get you caught up on where I'm at, uh, I'm here right now. Uh, just dad dad joke. Uh, we're in our relationship series. Um, I might not be as high energy as I usually am, and that's because I just have been taking it easy. And so, sitting on the way here is actually the hardest thing right now. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, I had a cystectomy, and so it's a cyst that grows on your tailbone. Uh, two weeks ago, week no, a week and a half ago, and uh, they go in. I've had it lance twice in the last year. I told you, hey, if I'm out for a couple weeks, it's because they have to remove it. And it sucks bad, okay? And so you go in and they said, you're not going to remember anything, but you'll be awake for it. And I'm like, how does that work? And then I woke up in the recovery room. Uh, Doctors did great. They removed it. Uh, But I have to be very careful in the first couple months because there's a 30% chance it can come back and I don't want that to happen. And so uh, they did a great job. Nurses, doctors were all great down at Regions. And uh, so the only thing that is like is actually either standing, not moving a lot, or just laying on my side. I can't even lay on my back. So sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night, like on my back, just in pain. And so, um, first of all, just just this: so many of you have sent like letters and emails and messages and and cards in the mail and just just saying you're praying for me, and that just means a ton. So thank you, thank you, thank you very very much. Um, I feel cared for, and uh, it's cool because it's just like one big happy family. And let me just say this: you know, we're in this family series, and I'm going to jump into the message here in just a couple minutes, but I want you to know, even if you're a guest visiting with us here today, once you walk through these doors, even once you enter this parking lot, you're family, okay? So welcome to the family. Can we just welcome everybody to this family? Come on. So you're, you're part of this family. But Pastor Chris, you don't know my past yet. Yeah, we don't care about it either. So welcome, all right? That's how it is, all right? So get used to it. Um, I need to give credit where credit's due here before I jump in. Uh, a couple just huge, huge things. Uh, first is this. Uh, Derek Mann, a couple weeks ago, preached a fantastic Woo! message. Yeah, and... Uh, he, uh, he was fired up, man. I mean, just, or he actually preached that youth ministry. I was watching his youth group message, and he was fired up, did a great job, and he revealed that our youth almost gave almost six grand to Speed the Light, a missions organization, which, come on, that's incredible. That's insane. 
And, uh, you know, that's over like one and a half times our, our weekly budget even that kids gave to help sex trafficking and other things. It's part of Speed the Light, which is a uh, Assemblies of God missionary uh, organization. They're awesome. And so huge, huge, awesome with that. And i got to tell you, you know, he talked about this. And I just want to say, Derek's the real deal. In fact, he's even back there. He's, he's nursing his kids. I think he's thinking he's lactating or something. But um, <laughs> sorry, it's inappropriate. You shouldn't, shouldn't say that in church. Um, but what happens is this. Derek is real with these kids on Wednesday night. And they love him. And some of you, even here this morning, are here because of what Derek has been doing with our youth on Wednesday nights. And so we want to be a huge influence in uh, this community and this surrounding area. And he's doing that. Yeah, they had they blow up, blew our numbers away. They had 75 kids there last night. That's awesome. But it's about the one. It's about that difference that's being made in the life change of one individual. And Derek's a huge part of that. So thank you, dude. I love you, man. So. Um, to last week, man, uh, Bethany killed it. Just killed it talking about being single, man. I was like, wow. And so if, you ha- if you're single and you haven't seen her message yet, you need to watch it because she was so raw and so real with her relationship with Jesus, exactly where she was at. Or if you have young adults or teenagers that are going, man, I don't know where I'm at in this relationship status and I'm trying to figure this out. What she had was so good and such, such wisdom. And so just make sure you get a chance to listen to that. Derek finished that up. It was a great message. And then I got to pick on my wife, man. Two weeks ago, she started sharing and she scared the crap out of me because she started sharing about the perfect man at the beginning of her message if you were here. I was watching from home. But what I realized is after she got done describing the perfect man, she was really describing me. So I... I'm so grateful. I didn't think I was going to live up to it, but I was like, check that, check that, check that. I mean, I, I, wow. So, I mean, I made it. Um, she did a great job. And if you're looking just as, as a great uh, being real without the sexual innuendos that I brought the week prior to that a month ago, you can, you can look at hers. And uh, it was really good. So just huge thank you. You did it. I tell you what, the, the team of people that we have here as far as communicators go in the Bridge Church and this little community in a cornfield is insane and incredible. So let's just give them a hand. Can we do that this morning? I sent it last minute. Do we have that picture? Uh, the St. Francis picture or no? Do we, do we have that or not? No? Okay. Uh, just so you know, we uh, helped our playground get funded here at St. Francis Elementary and they actually put a brick there. And so I just, which is awesome. We've been a part of our community. We want to be a part of the community. And the last thing I want to celebrate before I jump into the message is the fact that you guys continue to give above and beyond. Uh, you know, we had new families, seven new people that wanted to be members last week. And one of the things that we ask our members is to become tithers and and uh, because of the tithe, we're able to take one tithe and we put that back into either the community or back into missionaries. And so every year, we're able to give twenty to $30,000 away into other organizations, which is incredible. And so we were able to give them a couple thousand dollars to help finish what they needed for uh, their playground. And they actually put a brick thanking the Bridge Church there. So just stop in there sometime and you can see it. So way to go, church. We're making a difference, not just here, but in our community and worldwide. So one more applause for God. Come on, what he's doing in and through us. 
You know, hopefully you got the youth calendar. If you haven't yet, Derek sent that out. It's online. You can also see it in the foyer. And uh, we give our youth off during the summer. We don't meet every Wednesday night. And I just want you to know why. One of the biggest reasons is because none of y'all are here. <laughs> so <laughs> you're up at the cabin or you're having fun or you're doing something or you're boating or you're skiing or whatever. And so we want to give Derek that break, but he has some very intentional youth events through the summer for kids to still connect. Because as we've seen in this last year, if we don't connect, we disconnect. And so we want these kids to stay connected. We want you to stay connected. But speaking of family, we've talked about sex. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about being single. So what's left? Kids. (laughs) Hey, let me say this. Just by round of applause, how many of you in here either have kids or you are a kid of somebody? I'm just curious. All right. All right. So here's the deal. That's all of you. God can change your family right now. All right? Whether you're just a son or daughter, whether you're a parent, whether you're a grandma, whether you're even single, I don't care wherever you're at. We just said you're part of this family. God can change the spiritual atmosphere of your family right now. Okay? So maybe you want that. I'm not asking for hands to go up, but maybe you're going, I need the spiritual atmosphere in my family just to have a better feel or for it to look different. Maybe you've been praying for a long time to figure that out. And I just want you to know that if you release that to God, if you say to God, God, we're going to serve you. If you say to God, today, I choose to put you first. In fact, today I'm going to say to him by faith that we will serve the Lord, me and my household, that it's going to go well for you. God's going to bless that. And so do you believe that by faith this morning? Do you believe that by faith this morning? Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. And so maybe you're going, I don't see that, Pastor Chris. You don't know my kids, man. You don't know. You're right, I don't. But you do. But we know a Savior that can do great things in and through our kids because that Father God who sent His Son loves us beyond measure. Can you hear a good amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, good, good, good. Hey, so over the next two Sundays, here's what I want. I want to challenge your family to add things to your family, to take away a few things, and to see your family through God's perspective, not just through your eyes, but try to utilize and see them through God's eyes. What's God's potential for your family? How does God see your family? He doesn't see just the as is. He sees the could be and he sees all the junk and all this stuff and yet he still chooses to put himself in there all the time. And so I'm grateful for that. And so that's, that's going to happen the next couple Sundays, today and next week. And, and I, again, don't care if you're single. Don't care if you're dating, if you're divorced, if you're married, if you're a son or if you're a daughter. I want you to realize that God has a best plan for your family and you're going to see that today and next week. Again, I want to reiterate this. If you don't feel like you have a family, you do now. Alright? And so this this is your family. And can we just say this? There's always room for one more. Amen? Always room for one more. Alright? And so today... Some of you need to take that huge step of faith and say, I see my atmosphere is changing in the name of Jesus. Will you just say that with me? I see my atmosphere changing in the name of Jesus. One more time. I see my atmosphere changing in the name of Jesus. Now we're going to believe that. So, I don't know every single one of you. I've been gone a couple weeks and and half the time we have new visitors and people that come in. And so I just want to give you a little insight into our family. And uh, our family is not perfect by any means. We're close. Um, but not even close. But let me just show you a couple pictures of our family, just uh, so you know. So this is my wife, Heather. Will you wave? If you don't know my wife, she's a third of my size, but I call her my better two thirds. That's that's Heather. 
And then we have five kids. And so our oldest is 19, our only daughter, and then we have four boys. And so we have learned how to be a family over and over. So this is, uh, first I'll just show you a couple pictures. So this is, uh, this, this is the bunch right here. And so uh, this was uh, a time we were down in Florida. We love going down to the Pensacola area and just hanging out. Anybody else just like the water? Like you just love being by the water? We love that. We like picking on each other, burying each other in the sand, you know, whatever, throwing each other into the waves, whatever. We're, we have boys. So everything becomes a competition and a game. In fact, one of my kids at the beach, he decided to build a staircase up off the beach, off the sledge. It was cool. Go to the next one here. This is, this is us a couple years ago, and uh, for those of you that know my kids, uh, they're all like two feet higher now than this picture, okay? And so this was before our parking lot was paved, this was right out, we were just being crazy, and uh, we like to be crazy and, and have fun, and uh, that, that's our family there. Go ahead and go to the next one. This is our honorary child. <laughs> Who's got one of those in their home? Yeah, you got an honorary. Cats don't count, by the way. Uh, so, sorry, Meg. Um, this is Spirit. She really does smile. The reason we named her Spirit is because she has all the fruits of the Spirit. And so we, uh, we named her Spirit. She's awesome. Big golden doodle. We got her because my wife's allergic to pet dander. And uh, golden doodles are not supposed to shed. She sheds. Go ahead and go to the next one. That's Silas. That's my youngest. Uh, one of the coolest parts about this picture, a couple years ago we decided to do a staycation uh, around Christmas break. And we as a family, we decided, hey, we want to go and have fun. So we went to different places. We ate at different Chinese restaurants and places that we hadn't been to. But in this picture, we actually went to a place called Loaves and Fishes. And they serve meals to anybody without asking. And so we just said, hey, can we come help you guys serve for one of the nights? And so we joined an organization, took our family to northeast Minneapolis, and we helped serve in this area for anybody that wanted a meal. And it was so cool. It made an impact on our kids just to do this as a family. Go ahead to the next one. This Pensacola Beach again, hanging out. And this was our last day before we flew back. So this was last Christmas. You can tell because Isaac is three feet higher than the rest of us. So go to the next one. Uh, this is Levi, and uh, Levi's back there. I'm picking on him right now, so I owe him five bucks. Um, anytime I use my kid's name in a sermon, I give him five bucks. Um, so this is Levi. This was a few years ago. Do you remember this, bud? He thinks so. All right. So this was, he was, um, I asked him to do part of the message with me. And so he got up and he actually read the part about the angels coming to Jesus' birth. And I'll tell you what, as a pastor, it was so cool to just watch my kid start owning their faith. You know, because as a, as a pastor, that's one of the worries is you don't want your kids to ever fall away from the faith because you're in ministry all the time. And so it was just cool to see him do this. How many more do we have? Pictures? One. one more. Last one. All right, last one. Here we go. All right, so this, this is a tough one for Daddy. Because this was actually last week. Um, we made it the, at Northwestern. My daughter graduated from college last week. And she graduated three years early. So she graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in graphic design um, and with honors. And she did it three years early. So she graduated at the age of 19 from college with a four-year degree. That's insane. <laughs> proud dad moment. Now, how many, how many have, like, proud dad or proud mom moments? And then how many have those other moments where you're like, you just shake your head? <laughs> so I have... Kind of a mixture of both with my kids. And I have a lot of stories. I might not get through my own message and I'll start. I'll, we'll get it to it next week. But I just really want to unpack this because I want you to see how much I as a father love my kids. And 
and, and there's my relationship with God. Bethany talked about that last week, that center part of the wheel, and then you have the spokes that go out. And kind of the main spokes outside of my relationship with God are my relationship with my wife, and then the relationship I have with my kids. Those matter to me more than anything else, and uh, other than my relationship with God. And so even when we entered ministry, we said, hey, we want to give our family the best. We don't ever want our kids to fall away from Jesus. And I just want to speak to you for just a second, church. You guys are phenomenal with that. You have never put pressure on our kids or our family. Um, in the ten and a half years we've been at church, you have been just honoring to our family and to our kids and love them as your own. And so just a, a huge, just, just do this for you, for yourself right now because seriously, we, we really appreciate that. Um, but a couple years ago, uh, in 2019, we went to the State Fair. We didn't get a chance to go to the State Fair last year. And what we have done is I take my four boys and we have gone to the State Fair the last like five or six years, just the five of us without the ladies. Kick them out for the day. And uh, we go to the fair from six in the morning till 11 at night. All right? We are insane. Okay? We are insane. One of the coolest moments was one of my kid ate 14 Martha's cookies, sweet Martha's cookies, and then watched a cow give birth, and trying to make sure he held that back was so awesome. And uh, that's one of my favorite memories. But last, two years ago, we're all standing there, we're walking kind of by the midway, we're walking out of the midway, and one of my kids goes, hey dad, do you know the word (laughs) S-H-I-T? And and I'm like, yeah? Why? And he goes, they say it on the bus all the time, what does it mean? So I had an opportunity to be a father and a teacher at that moment. And so I just, and there's like people everywhere, just walking by us. And I'm going, I don't even care anymore. So I said, here it is right now. Let's just get this out in the open. And so he sat there. I said, boys, come in, come in. And I knelt down. I can't kneel down right now. And I said, so here we go. First one, S-H-I-T, here we go. I said, that means poo. It can mean, you know, cause slang for this, this and that. I said, the next, next one, F-U, and I'm just blurring them out. Like, all right, this is what it is. D-A-M, and I'm like, okay, and there's this one, and then this you know, this one can mean that, and this and the other thing, and my and my older kids are just like, oh my gosh, Dad, really? Like they're just they're looking at me like, we ride the school bus, we already know this, you know, and and I'm sitting telling my younger ones, and they're like, oh, that makes sense now. Now I can put that. In. Thanks, Dad. And we just you know we went and got a pronto pup. <laughs> be real with your kids. You know, I would rather be the one that teaches them than them getting all that information on the school bus, and they do. Here's what I want you to know today. God created the family. Amen? He created it. He chose for you to be the steward of your kids. You are the perfect parent or grandparent or brother or sister for your family or son or daughter for your family. Well, Pastor Chris, you don't know my family. Don't have to. God does. He sees it all. He sees the perfect picture. He owns the design. He owns the copyright. And He owns the patent for the family. Amen? So whatever he says goes. Okay? In fact, in the last year and a half, and I'm going to be very careful here, but there have been organizations that in their value statements on their website that have been put in front of our media, it actually says their value is to destroy the nuclear family. Can I just say I'm here to protect it? Okay? Kids are not the focal point of the family. Don't get me wrong. They're part of it. Okay? This is what happens when we get into empty nester syndrome. And praise God, I'm not far from there. All right? I'm looking forward to that. You know, the days where we... I'm not even going to go there. Anyway. 
what are you thinking about? All right. So I was just thinking of having, watching Wheel of Fortune, eating Hamburger Helper like we used to do back in our trailer like Heather was talking about a couple weeks ago. Yes, of course it leads to other things. Shut up. All right. Like going to bed at 8 o'clock at night and actually sleeping. They have to be a part of it, though, because if they're the center focal point of your family, what happens when they all leave the nest? Your focal point left. And all of a sudden, your marriage is at stake because you don't know how to work through that. And so make sure they're a part of it, but not the center of your life. Okay? I celebrate my kids, man. They've been awesome. And I'm, I'm really just picking on my kids today, honoring them. You know, we played volleyball together. Last year was basketball. I love the time during COVID when we were all stuck at home together. I got really good at basketball in a couple months. My kids might say, not so much. But then we play volleyball. In fact, I look out our window. We've been playing volleyball the last couple months up until two weeks ago. And, and I can see the grass where it's dead. Because we were playing so much together. And I love that. I love just looking out there and seeing that dead grass. It makes me more excited than my green grass. You know, and then during COVID, one of the things that we decided to do last year for an event is we decided we're all going to put together PowerPoints and make the other person present it. So we made them so funny and so crazy. And it was such a fun time that my kids were like, can we do that again sometime? And then they get older and that stuff's not as cool. Dad's not as cool. Dad's not as important. But then there's those like moments where they go, hey dad, can I talk to you? And we go out on the porch and it's a question of, am I ready for marriage? <laughs> what? <laughs> Should I, should I be dating, Dad? Or, or I'm wrestling with this in my faith. And I have all those things. And what I realize is the foundation that we've set, there's a trust that's established and built where I don't get to tell them everything all the time now, but they come to me. And they're all at different places. You maybe have young ones, you know, 0 to 2 or 2 to 4 or 4 to 6 or 6 to 8. And, and mine now are 11 to 19. And so we get to be a parent in all those situations. You know, post-surgery, man, it has been tough. But I'll come downstairs and my kids are unloading the dishwasher or sweeping or they're taking care of me. i Dad, whatever, you know, what do you need? And I said, do you want to learn how to, because the wound I have, just so you know, it has to be left open. It's not stitched shut. So as of right now, I literally have an open wound. And so I asked my kids, do you want to learn how to pack it for mom? They all said no. But, you know, I, I was trying. I was trying. Here's what I want to do. If you have any... Anything that you want to know about family, we're going to conclude this message next week. Text me, email me, let me know. If you're like, Pastor Chris, you addressed a few things, but I have some questions. Let me know, because I want to address the questions you have. But I just have a few basic, just common sense things I want to give you today and some scripture to back it up. If you're good with that, say yeah. yeah. Alright, you good? Yeah. You good? Alright, here we go. Everybody say number one. number one. Everybody say number one. Number one. There we go. Losing your kids to gain something is really still losing. Losing your kids to gain something is really still losing. You see, if when we started the church ten and a half years ago, if we saved every single person in St. Francis, they gave their life to Christ, but my kids fell away from God, it would have never been worth it. Not one time. In fact, when we got married, we made a commitment because we felt called into ministry. Got saved when I was 17, became a Christ follower, went into ministry, and never looked back. And at that time, I said, man, if our kids, if their relationship with God ever gets questioned or squandered, we need to take a serious look in the mirror. And we do all the time. Hey, are our kids okay? Now, we, we get to set that foundation, but they're responsible later in life for their action. They have to make their faith their own. We just want to set them up well for that as best that we could. We're going to dive into the Bible this 
morning. So if you have a Bible or you have the YouVersion app, turn with me to Exodus. If not, I'll have this on the screen for you here this morning. So let me just get you caught up here before we get into this. So you have Moses, okay? Moses, he led the Israelites out of Egypt. They were in slavery. Brings them into the promised land. On their way to the promised land, whether well, they're in the journey, and how many know as parenting, it's about that journey, not the destination, right? We're all in that journey together as parents. And so whether they're on this journey, they get to a place where all of a sudden they realize they have to set up the law. They have to set up basically judging between discrepancies, between people, disagreements, household issues, all of these different issues. And so Moses starts judging the people. He starts judging everything that comes to him. And, and what happens is his father-in-law, Jethro, who lived from a different city, a different community where Moses' wife was from, said, hey, i got to come in here because you need some help. i got to do this together because right now, if, if you don't, your faith and your children's faith and their faith beyond that might be squandered. And so Jethro saw this as his father-in-law and came in. And so let me just give you some context here in, in Scripture here. It's Exodus 18 verses 14 through 18. When his father-in-law, so Moses' father-in-law, saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? So every day he's, he's working. Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, he replied, what you're doing is not good. Can I just tell you nobody wants to hear that from their father-in-law? You never want to hear those words from your father-in-law. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with parenting? Let me, let me show you here for a moment. Because what Moses was seeing was the right fruit. The people trusted him. They brought his, their issues to him. But he was wearing himself down to the point where I guarantee you he was not going to be able to be a good husband, a good father, or even a good son to his father-in-law. In fact, let me just say it this way. Okay, when we think of fruit, when we think of fruit, when I mean fruit, what I mean is the good things that we see that, that have come into our life. Okay, Moses saw fruit from bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. The right fruit at the wrong time is still the wrong fruit. Okay? The right fruit at the wrong time is still the wrong fruit. Well, it's souls for God. Pastor Chris, I saved the world. I know my kids aren't serving the Lord, but I saved the world. I think God would look at that and say, then go be a dad. Go be a mom. Okay? The right fruit at the wrong time is still the wrong fruit. There's nothing wrong with good fruit. Just make sure you're harvesting the right fruit. The right fruit at the right time produces the right harvest and the right result. That means I'm a dad before I'm a pastor. That means I'm a husband before I'm a pastor. That means I'm a child of God before anything else. Amen? If you're with me, say yeah. yeah. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. I know I don't have as much energy as I usually do, but we're, we're rocking it, and so I just... Thank you. Thank you. If I pass out, there's only one woman in here that I want to give me CPR, all right? So... Yes, it's you, honey, okay? <laughs> I just wanted to over-communicate there. 
Mark chapter 8, verse 36. It says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Now, obviously in this scripture, it's talking about the fact that people have become worldly. And they go, man, I'm going to live it up. I'm going to live it up. To, you know, gain the world. I want to be part of it. And then they give up their soul. But at the same time, I think what happens is we can actually enter into doing the right thing that we think at our workplace or at our school or with our neighborhood or our church. You know, there, there's sometimes I've seen churches where they've got Sunday morning service. They've got another service. They've got a Saturday night service. They've got a Wednesday night service. They've got a Monday men's group. They've got a Wednesday youth group. They've got a Tuesday ladies group. They've got a Thursday night life group. And by the time you get home, you don't have time to be a parent because you're trying to do church all the time. I think that's stupid. <laughs> Sorry. We don't do that here. And there's a reason because we care about your family. We want it to be life-giving, not life-sucking. We don't want to be here and go, let's just take care of it and do everything. No. We're called to enhance your walk with God. We're called to challenge you. We're called to rebuke at times. We're called to teach. But you're the one responsible for your family. We can't do it. We're not called to be dad or mom. We're not called to be brother or sister. We can hold your hand. We can pray for you. We can challenge you. We can be there for you during the tough times and the good times. But God stewarded you with your family. He chose you. He said, you're the best for the assignment that he gave you. My prayer for my kids is that they would always serve God. When I write out my dream list, I, I, I do dreams every year. In fact, I have like over 600 dreams I've written out for my life. And my top dream on there is that my kids would serve Jesus. I can't make them serve Jesus. I wish I could. You know, and part of me, hear me out, actually wishes my children didn't grow up in the church. Hold up, let me just clarify that for a moment. I didn't grow up in the church. I thought church was so boring when I went. Pastor put me to sleep every Sunday. The music was awful. I just hated it. I'm like, I'm not going. And and finally, God got a hold of my heart when I was 17. But here's the cool. I watched my spiritual eyes get open. And like I could see things clearly. I could see the world versus the church so clearly. And I think what happens is when we grow up in the church, it's harder to make that decision. It's harder to go, okay, i got to make my faith my own. Not, not on the coattails of my parents' faith or my dad's a pastor or anything like that. And so my prayer constantly is that my kids would follow Christ all the days of their life. That they would make that real commitment someday. I think it all of a sudden, maybe when they're a teenager, maybe a little younger, a little older, it gets to this point where they have to choose. And my prayer is that they would choose wisely. They would choose Him. You know, the Amish do that really well. If you know anything about the Amish communities, at the age of 16, do you know what they do with their 16-year-olds? They send them into the world. They forced them into the world because they said, we want you to know the stark difference between the world and our community. You go, you try out the technology, you look at everything that, that they're against, and they said, it's your choice whether you want to come back or not. You know, over 95% of the time, they come back to their Amish community because they saw the difference. My prayer is that my kids would see the difference between the world and the church. Everybody said number two. Here you go. This is my favorite one of the day. A parent's purpose is to call your kids to life. What's my purpose as a parent? This is it. Jot this down. Highlight it. Tattoo it. Whatever you need. A parent's purpose is to call your kids to life. How's this not done, first of all? I've seen this not done by dads a lot. I've coached a lot. I've helped coach baseball, t-ball, football, whatever, name, basketball, speed, so many different things. And so often what I see is the dad who didn't make professional football, wasn't a Tom Brady, and, I, and you know where I'm going with this, all right? And you see them living vicariously through their second grader as if their second grader is up for a scholarship. <laughs> 
I'm like, dude, calm down. I coached kindergarten through third grade flag football, okay? I thought playing in church was the hardest thing I did. No, no. Coaching kindergarten through third grade football was the hardest thing I've ever done. Not because of the kids. <laughs> oh, no. I got a kindergarten dad that came up to me. He's like, I got this play we're going to do. It's this defensive struggle play, and we're going to do this pass off, and then we're going to do a handoff, and it's a fake. And I'm looking, and I said, no, we're not. <laughs> We're not doing that. There's the sideline. That's where you go. All right? Like, <laughs> root on your children because they don't know what you're talking about. Nor do I as the coach. All right? So, so I, this is how this is not done. You're not calling your kids to life when you're going, well, I want my dream that I didn't get to have to be your dream. That's not your kid's dream. Get over it and get over yourself. Yeah. Okay? What is your kid's dream? You call that dream to life. Well, it's not exactly what I want. I've got the family business I want to hand off. They might not want your family business. You know? i got one out of my kids that, that wants to pastor a church someday. He ain't ready yet. Okay? My, even his brother's shaking and said no. Alright? That's funny. That's funny. You know, I'd have my kids. We'd drive by a fast food restaurant and some of our favorites are, are any fast food restaurant. <laughs> And, and we drive by, and Taco Bell, they all love because of Baja Blast. We just, I don't know, it's like the nectar of, you know. And so we go by Taco Bell, and, and my, my kids, when they're really young, you know, they don't know any better. And they're just like, Dad, my dream someday is to serve Baja Blast at Taco Bell. And, and I'm like, that's awesome. But here's your job as a parent to call them to life. You don't discredit what they just said, but love them, challenge them call them to life. And so I said, that's awesome. Could you imagine if you owned that store? Tease them a little bit with it. Don't discredit what they said. There's nothing wrong with serving at that restaurant. Nothing wrong at all. But tease them a little bit with it. You know, one of my proudest dad moments was actually when JC... Right, I owe her five bucks now too. Um, when JC was really young in kindergarten, we lived in Eden Prairie for a few years, and she went to Scenic Heights Elementary in Minnetonka. And in kindergarten, it was a great teacher, and she brought home this crossword puzzle. And on the crossword puzzle, it was something with some other religion other than Christianity that she had to fill out for kindergarten. And, and she came to me, and she goes, Dad, i, I got to talk to you. And I said, what? What, honey? You know, I knelt down. I said, what is it? And she showed me it. And she goes, I'm supposed to fill this out, but we don't believe in this. In this kindergarten, okay, five-year-old. She goes, what do I do? And I said, Jace, I said, we, we don't agree with that. We don't believe that. We don't believe in anything that's even on there. We believe in Jesus, you know, being our Savior for our sins. That's what we believe. And so what do you want to do with it? And I'll never forget this as long as I live. She took that crossword puzzle, kindergarten, and she crumples it up and walks and throws it away. I would have been proud just with that. Okay? Like, you fail that. I don't even care. And she came back to me. She goes, Dad, I got an idea. And I said, what's your idea? She goes, what if I print a Christian one and I turn it in? She aced it and I never heard from the teacher. That is a proud dad moment. Why? Because you're calling your kids to life. Okay? When they're young and they're impressionable, don't just bank on a gamble that they're going to follow Christ. Teach them. Show them. Be a witness to them. Bring it into them. You know? There's great stuff out there, man. Veggie tales? Come on. All right? It's good stuff. You see, the biggest inheritance that you can leave your children will never be financial. Never. Yeah, there's, there's power in that, yeah, that's fine. 
but it's who you are. You're calling them to life. You're calling them who they're to be. Let's read on here in Exodus, verse 21. Jethro says this to Moses, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. See, here is, this is his father-in-law, not even his dad, and he's calling Moses to life. He's going, hey, look, I want you to be successful, so here's what you need to do. You need, and he told him, straight point blank, get these men around you that are going to help you be who you're called to be. He was protecting Moses. He was protecting his family. Yeah, he was helping him delegate things out, but what an awesome father-in-law to see that in his son-in-law and invest into him, to call him to life. Maybe you're here. Maybe you have a mixed family. I've done a lot of marriages the last few years ago with, with mixed family. And I just want you to know that your family, though it's not blood on both sides, is still family. Okay? You're single. You're not any less of a person. Bethany talked about that last week. There's nothing wrong with you if you have a mixed family. There's nothing wrong with you if you're single. You're still called to call those to life. Your sphere of influence, God has put in your place a family for you. Well, they're not blood. I don't think God cares. Jethro wasn't blood to Moses. He was his father-in-law. So your job is to call those to life that God has put you in a sphere of influence to do. Alright? You see, maybe you have many kids. Maybe, maybe you have a hundred kids. You know, Everybody used to think we were Catholic because we had five kids. We're not Catholic. And then everybody thought we homeschooled our kids. I'm like, we, we don't homeschool our kids. Okay? Like, like, I'm like, I don't know. Alright? There's all these weird stereotypes. Maybe you have one kid. Maybe you can't have kids. Maybe you have foster kids or a dream of adopting or you have adopted. God has put that on your heart for a reason. Listen to that. Even while I'm talking, I want to give you freedom here. Even while I'm talking this morning and next week, if while I'm speaking and all of a sudden you... How, how many ever gone on those like mental vacations the pastor says something and yet your mind triggers something and you go away for a little bit just you and God and you're thinking about something and then you're like, oh, i got to listen to the pastor? Anyone ever done that before? Mental vacations? Those are called Holy Spirit moments. Listen to them. Okay? The Holy Spirit's way more powerful than me or anybody in this room. And so when He brings you on that mental vacation, there's a reason. We start talking about adoption and you've had this dream to adopt, go down that path that God's leading you. We start talking about the mixed family, God's convicting you of maybe you're supposed to call them more to life. Go down that path. Allow that. You can listen to this later. It's all good. Alright? Psalm chapter 127 verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Love that. They're a reward. They're a reward. Even if they're not blood, they're a reward. You see, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God is not planning a church. No, it's, it's not even anything else. It's, it's, it may not be anything you do, but somebody you raise. That's your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God. Everybody say number three. Number three. Be real rather than always right. How many like to be right like me? You like to be right? I'm always right. I just want you to know that, first of all. I'm being real with you. See, see what I did there? All right. Be real rather than right. I don't know about you, but my personality off this stage, I hope it's the same as you see on stage, but there are times when I get upset. My wife's laughing. There's times where I get frustrated. There are times where I, I just write out and I'm like, I don't even want to look at my wife because you just said something that ticked me off or my kids say something or they don't say something and I'm like, oh! It's just me, right? Yes. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's just me that God can exploit no one else. 
We had this moment a few years back. We were up at Heather's parents' cabin. We were driving home. It's about four hours away. And on the way home, it was pouring rain, harder than it was this morning. Like just hard pouring rain. And we, we have owned a 2004 Toyota Sienna since 1999. And so on the way home, we... we can't even see out the window and Heather is like telling me like my helper in the car telling me something while I'm driving in the rain with my kids like yelling in the back and I'm going ah stop and I'm, I'm like yelling at the top of my lungs I can't change the stupid windshield wiper blade right now because it was like hitting the side of the van like just bam 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 couldn't see at all and she's like well is it safer to stop I'm like just shut up <laughs> And I finally got, I mean, there's steam literally coming out of my ears. I was so mad. And my kids were really young, and they're staring at me like, oh, wow, Dad, are you okay? And I was not. So I got out of the van, pouring rain, and I get out, and I'm like, I look, and like the, the rubber part of the windshield wiper blade is like falling off the silver part. So I shove it back on. Heather comes out in the rain, and we're like, I, I was yelling. I don't remember what she was saying, because I wasn't listening to anything at the time. And we're just back and forth, back and forth, and blah, blah, blah. And my kids are like watching this out the window which I forgot about. And I get back in, and there's moments that I've said things I've regretted in the heat of the moment. Yeah, I'm not perfect. And I get back in the vehicle, and and I remember the look on my kid's face. It was dead silent. Like, just dead silent. And they're looking at Daddy going, man, are we okay? Are we okay? And, And I realized, even though I still believed I was right, I had to be real. And so I stopped the vehicle, the side of the road, put in park, and I just looked back at them, and I looked them all in the eyes, and I said, guys, I was wrong. I'm really sorry that I got escalated. I said things I regretted. I yelled at mom. Will you please forgive me? And, like, and, and then you're like waiting for this like awesome Hallmark moment, right? Like everybody's like in tears. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, but be real rather than right. It's not about being right. See, I love this. Ready for this? Exodus 18.24. Moses listened. I love this. I think it's funny. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. How many can say that about your mother or father-in-law? You listened to them and did everything they said. Moses set an example for us. I love that. Let me just finish with this. See, there was a study that interviewed over 200 kids as kids ages 8 through 18, asking what they wish their parents knew. Two things, top two things. Here it is. Number one, kids ages 8 through 18 wanted parents to stop telling them they are the best. They want you to be real. They don't need to be perfect or have the. When they bring the art home, artwork home. They don't want you to tell them every time it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. My kids get frustrated with that. They're like, tell me what I can do better. Okay? Ready? Ready for this? Best thing I'm going to give you today, parents. Rock. Hard place. Parent. Okay? It's hard, isn't it? But we have a Savior who gave it all so that we can be the better parents. Second thing that they said in this study, for us to stop having a competitive mindset. Be real rather than right. They already feel enough reality of the pressure of this world. So what if we just love them right where they're at and we're real with them? Loving without condition. So what do we have to do? As parents, we take the first step. We show them who we are in Christ and we let them display that. Okay? Pray with me this morning, would you? God, you know
know our families. You know our stories. And I pray this morning, Father, that maybe we don't have the perfect family. Maybe we've even messed up or maybe we've even said stuff we regret. But God, you sent your son Jesus to give us life for us just believing in him. And you said you sent your son and Jesus gave his life for us while we were still messed up. So Lord, I pray for the grace over our families today. May we be real rather than right. May we call them to life. God, may we not gain the world and lose our kids, but may we invest in them. Lord, not as the center point of our lives, but at the center point of our faith with you and our relationships. God, if there's anyone in here that's never made a commitment to you, I pray they do this morning. And I pray that they would be a phenomenal parent. Lord, would you meet them where they need to be met, whether they're a son or a daughter or a parent or a grandparent this morning. pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.